Welcome to Velocity, the Vista Chamber podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Beld, CEO of the Vista Chamber, and it's my privilege to interview the movers, shakers, and changemakers impacting the Vista community and beyond. Joining me today is Julie Lowen. She is the founder and chief executive officer of Children's Paradise Preschool and Infant Centers, a state-of-the-art collection of preschools in Vista and throughout San Diego, San Diego, California. Children's Paradise also provides training to parents, educators, and hosts early childhood education events through its Parent Engagement Center. Julie's visionary approach to early childhood education has helped thousands of children and families get a fresh start on life in centers designed for all children and all socioeconomic statuses. During COVID-19 pandemic shutdown, Julie did not close the five children's paradise centers, and instead she embraced it. Taking it head-on, she developed the Sweet Team's operational caring system to improve health and safety procedures in and out of the classroom while creating teamwork amongst staff and enhancing learning and playing environments. To be blunt, she's a real game changer in the early education industry in our community and state. In addition to her own company's success, Julie is the chairman of the board for the Smarty Patch Foundation, a nonprofit organization that provides financial and other supportive patches to promote continuous early learning of children in troublesome situations, ensuring there are no gaps in their early learning development. This past year alone, uh, Julie led Smarty Patch Foundation in giving over $600,000 in scholarships to children to begin their educational journey and prepare for kindergarten. She has won a slew of awards, uh, quite a few from the San Diego Business Journal, including Top Women of Influence in 2022, CEO of the Year finalist in 2021, Corporate and Social Responsibility, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Award winner in 2021. But most importantly, she was the Vista Chamber of Commerce Business Person of the Year in 2022. Welcome, Julie. Welcome. So glad to have <laughs> you here. You. Yay. Good to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much. So I want to start off by, I know you've had a, a really rich and um, long history in childhood education, but how did, how did it start for you? What sparked that passion for our littlest friends? I think I had a passion for kids from the time I was a really young kid because I, I grew up in a very uh, volatile home. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a lack of access to resources, and so I saw myself through the eyes of others as a poor kid. And that really irritated me because I was a little pissy. Nah, not me. Uh, but I I just, that kind of bugged me. And mm -hmm. so just kind of as I went through school, I took units, but I was more interested in business and uh, was working in the engineering firm. At the time, we lost our son at birth. And that just kind of catapulted me on a different direction. I love business, but I needed kids. Mm -hmm. I needed them. and. Um, it kind of just blossomed into Children's Paradise today. Wow. So, you know, I talk a lot about, um, so I mentor some college students right now. I'm, I'm a mentor at Cal State San Marcos for college students who are studying business. And a lot of what I talk to them about is where you have skills and where you have passion. If you can connect those, then that's really your purpose. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a you have skills in business, but you have a passion for children, you connected those to find your your passion. And I think that's, you know, in your purpose. And I think that that's really fantastic. So um, how did you go from Children's Paradise 1 to the 5 and now even more centers. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a minute. But how did you grow? I mean, how did you go from, it didn't happen overnight. So tell me a little bit about the process there. So in 1990, uh, I started by just having a friend who asked me to take care of her son after school. Uh, he was going to play with Andrew. 
then his sister, then she had three little girls. Uh, Taryn Shada was one of those little girls and they just became my life. I just loved the kids. And I ended up with this thing in my home up on Red Road. I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to get all these kids out. And one of my parents after a long night said, you should open a preschool. So uh, Derek Lundberg owned a piece of property over on Vail Terrace with a cooperative. And so I talked him into selling it to me, half acre. The center is still there. That was my first site. And I spent the next a long time. We opened in 1993. The first expansion was 95, um, where we added a school-age program. And then I just managed that 150 spaces. And what I did is I just organized it. I'm a very organized person. Um, Not OCD about it, but very organized. And so we just went through and organized it. And when I felt like I had organized it to the point that I could expand, um, I did. We built a school out in Shadow Ridge. Uh, We leased a space. And then from that space, we bought the state farm building over on Melrose, Mm -hmm. and we turned that into a beautiful school for about 186 kids. And we had the ACAL offices there. My husband's a civil engineer. And then we saw that that center was impacted. So we moved ACAL. I bought the, um, let's see, I had opened another center in Escondido by then. Um, it, It just kind of snowballed. It's like my goal, honestly I had people I loved working with. One of the things that caused me dissatisfaction in the early days is that I felt like that when I spoke, I overwhelmed people. I was like drinking from a fire hose. And I caught that really quickly. Um, I still don't know what to do about it, but (laughs) I caught it really quickly. (laughs) And so I overwhelmed the teachers. And so me working directly with them was too much. And so uh, everybody says Moses needs an errand. And so I got people working around me that did the job beautifully, and we worked together as a team. But they needed opportunity. They couldn't continue working with me unless I created opportunity. Mm -hmm. So that's why I decided to expand. Well, if we've got two, I can pay them more, you know, was my initial thought. And then, well, if we've got three, then I can pay them more and we can get help for this. And, Mm -hmm. oh, but if we have four, then, well, we could do that. And now five and well, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Um, Yeah, that's how it happened. You know, we just continued to expand because I love the people I work with. The team is just incredible. And you have about 200, 220? How many people work we for you? We have 230, okay. and we will add on another 80 by the end of December. Okay. Well, you know, so I want to get to the to the new centers you're adding. But first, I want to just go back to something you just said about kind of that self-awareness of knowing, okay, these are my strengths. I'm really organized. I have big ideas. But maybe my big ideas are maybe or my big voice is too much for some people. So I need catalysts or I need people on my team who can bring in like fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. I think that's really great advice because especially for women, um, oftentimes we're told we can be told we're too loud or we're too quiet or we're, we're pushy, but, or we're bitchy or we're this or we're that. And so having the right team around you, which first of all, that's unfair. It's an unfair characteristic, but secondly, being aware of that and how others perceive you can be really, um, impactful because then you can bring on the people who fill in the gaps for you and then as a team, you can accomplish so much more. So that's really, I just want to just acknowledge that that's a really wise approach. And not everyone has that level of self-awareness. It's team collaboration. I think yeah. that um, anytime a woman behaves in typically male fashion, everybody's offended. Right. It, they say that, oh, we have equality. No, we don't. Um, so what I've done is I have, honestly, I've studied men 
I've studied how they get things done. I've studied two-year-olds, and I've studied how they get things done. And Is it then similar? <laughs> I combine the yeah. combination yeah. of two-year-olds and men yeah. and women and all. It's death by a thousand cuts. How do I get something done? My eye is on the ball. I need something done. And if that means I need, I need to moderate my tone or take myself out of the way of somebody who has just intensely offended by me just because I'm bold or just because I'm direct. I don't know how to change being bold and direct. I'm bold and direct. Mm -hmm. So whenever there's somebody in the room that's offended by bold, direct people, then I bring somebody in who's not bold and direct, you know, and I try my best to get something done that way. My goal is getting something done, not um, making myself equal because I don't care. I just absolutely am determined to get something done and I don't play into the politics of you know, women's issues or equality or it just, I don't have time for it. I just have time to be who I am and go, Yeah, you know, and that's, I think how we're so successful. Yeah. Bring the right person for the right job. That's great. Sometimes that's not me. That's really, really, that's really smart. You know, you can't, you can't do everything. And if your organization or your mission is going to be accomplished better by sharing that workload with someone else or sharing credit or sharing that spotlight, then I think that's really, really wise. Okay. So I want to talk about, um, you have a bunch of centers coming online and we have a real need for childcare in this region. Um, I just attended an event a couple of weeks ago with Mike Levin's office and uh, one of our county supervisors, Tara recent law, Lawson Reamer, um, about this like childcare shortage and how they're just really the affordability and the access to childcare. And that directly impacts my members because if you can't find childcare, you can't go to work. And if you can't go to work, then we don't have enough employees to do the jobs that we need. So it's a there's a big connection. And not only that, separate from the business pieces, the developmental needs of the children and their educational goals. So tell me about these spaces that you're bringing online and when can people start signing up? Because we need those spaces. Yeah. So childcare is changing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's changing in a way that not even Mike Levine understands and not even the supervisors understand. Mm -hmm. And definitely not stodgy old childcare. They definitely don't want to go that direction because they don't understand it. I think what Children's Paradise has done is we have created a blue ocean with brand new ideas. It's not child care. It's family care. Imagine a mom who goes to work, two jobs. When does she get her child to the pediatrician? When does she have her child uh, connect with the district for an IEP? Um, How does she pick up food from the food bank if she's struggling? Uh, When does she get shoes for that child when they've outgrown them and she doesn't really have the budget for them? There are so many pieces that people don't understand about families and how they move throughout society. Mm -hmm. And what Children's Paradise has done is we've been able to put our finger on the pulse of the family. We recognize they drop their child off with us in the morning and they pick their child off with uh, with us at night. So what we do is we have have our finger on the pulse of that family and we know the child needs shoes. It's easier for us to grab a pair of shoes. It's easy for us to grab food from the food bank and have baskets sitting on Friday so that the children don't come, go hungry for the weekend. We have staff to do that at each individual site. And so what we do is we try to think about the life of a family that is struggling. Do they get to go to Starbucks and have food in the morning? No, they go to work hungry. So we have a coffee bar at every single site with fresh fruits and home-baked goods sometimes um, because we don't want our parents going to work hungry because Mm -hmm. we understand they're less productive. Once the United States of America, the businesses, the citizens recognize 
what we have become, we will be the Starbucks on every single corner across this entire globe because ultimately it's a status of forces. If you have an employee that's coming to work with less than they need to get the job done, you're losing money every single day. Mm-hmm. The the support for an early care and education center that is family focused is just absolutely um the wave of the future. It is It is the thing. It is the blue ocean idea that's going to change the way that families function in this nation and bring equity and equality. For more than 60 years, Tri-City Medical Center has been committed to advancing the health and wellness of the community we serve. With leading edge emergency care, including top rated heart and stroke programs, advanced orthopedics, primary care, obstetrics, and neonatal care, Tri-City stands at the ready when you need us most. Learn more at tricitymed.org. At JNR Auto Body and Paint, you don't have to worry about a thing. From minor dents and dings to major collision repair, we offer a worry, hassle-free experience with superior customer service. Our auto claim advisors work directly with your insurance company, so you don't have to deal with the headaches. Our certified technicians work on all makes and models to get your repair done right the first time. We stand behind our work with a lifetime warranty. Locally and family-owned, JNR Auto Body is here to serve the community. Call us today at 760-724-4923. That's so great. You know, um, I mean, I'm a working mom. My kids are no longer in early childcare. They, we don't need to care during the day. They go to you know school and they go to their after school program and things like that. But it's tough um, to figure out when, you know, you look down and your kids' shoes are thrashed and you're like, hey, when are we going to do that? Well, I don't even know when I'm going to have time to do that. Even separate the cost from it. But, you know, when are you going to have time? And so that's great that you have so many resources available right there. And, you you know, people talk about the term wraparound services, but it's really just um, engulfing them, like you said, um, in in these services that approaches the whole family. Yeah. It's intentional. Mm-hmm. It's an intentional support system mm-hmm. for the family. And what's really cool is I met with a girl last night who was one of my babies in Aww. the Vale Terrace Center. She's now pregnant with her first child. And she was sitting there with her mom. Uh, when she was with us, her father had passed away. And we did everything we could to support the family the best we knew how. I made a banner for the him and it hung on our fence and just all the things that we did. And with tears in her eyes, the mom described to me what that meant to them. She said, you have to understand, you were the only thing we had to do besides my work. I worked all day long. I then took the kids home. They they went to bed and then I worked all for, for another four hours that evening. The special events were the Children's Paradise Drive-In Night at the Movies, the Children's Paradise Graduation, Children's Paradise Mother's Day Tea. You were the only support system that we had. Mm-hmm. and. Um, what it meant to them. And that just, I was like, wow, you know, that we were able to be with that family. And now I have the privilege of helping her with her little boy as Mm -hmm. he comes into the world. She's right on the edge of poverty. She's doing well. She wants to be a pilot, but she's put that on the back burner because she's now pregnant. I'm going, no, you don't have to do that. Guess what? We got you. Go to school because you, your baby is going to be fine. You have no worries. We can connect you to all sorts of information, connect her over the phone to all sorts of things that are available on 211 or because we know. And 
what a difference we'll make in her life mm-hmm. and have from the day she was one years one year old and attended our center with her little brother and her twin sister. Pretty incredible. Wow. It was it was overwhelming last night. So your first center opened in the nineties. Ninety three. Ninety three. Okay. Yeah. So this year coming up is a big anniversary for you then. I know. Can you believe it? That's well crazy. the home daycare opened in nineteen ninety. Okay. But the the, the first center, center. Over on, on Vale Terrace, yeah. Nineteen ninety three. Gloria McClellan was at our open house. How fun. Oh, my gosh. That was super cool. She wanted my yeah. recipe for carob zucchini bread. She said, she can't. I can't believe this is healthy. But okay, here you go. Wow. <laughs> I think shocked. I might need that recipe, too. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. So um, so you have you have Sites and Vista, Escondido, Oceanside, and you're bringing on Carlsbad, Ramona, Telecom, mm-hmm. San Marcos, Pacific Beach. And all that's happening at the same time. All and Gordon Street in Texas. Gordon Street, and that's in Texas. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, so okay. all of them. Yeah, I have a staff member moving to Texas, and she's epic. Yeah, you know, and everybody say, "When are you going to open centers in Texas?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know. I guess I can. Why not? You know, why not? It, it's uh, we have systems in place that help us do the work. Um, so why not? You know, so we're we've got a our grandbabies are there, and I'm there half the time. So okay. why not? Yeah, so why we're not? Excited about it. That's yeah. cool. Okay, I want to talk about your employees. Where do you find your employees? Where do you find them? Oh, they're all over the place. <laughs> Just all over the place. Uh, I have a recruiter. She's remote. She used to be one of our directors. She works out of Minnesota now. Okay. She was epic at finding staff. So uh, she works. I've got an entire human resources team. Uh, we find them through interns. Um, interns come into our program. They love uh, our collaborative uh, teamwork, uh, love the resources, love the passion and commitment and dedication to t- kids first and families first. Um, so we have a lot of people that seek us out to work for us. Um, we're just tenacious, mm-hmm. tenacious. I think the a lot of, of child care has been without uh, staff. And we have been uh, 9% is the worst it got. We were 9% vacancies. Okay. But, Do you partner with the local schools like Palomar and some of the early education certificate programs and education programs? Do you partner with any of them? We do our best. I don't know that they have a partnership per se. I mean, we'll we'll run advertisements. Yeah. Our staff that are in the classes will pick out people who are high functioning and super exceptional mm-hmm. at, you know, at early care and education. We're always looking for people that are passionate about the work. It's not enough to just bring in a warm body. You have to have somebody that really cares about the kids and really cares and understands the impact that they leave. I mean, when you're a three, four, five-year-old child, if somebody doesn't like you, that impacts you for life. Um, if somebody, if you've got, you know, you're hyperactive, which most three, four, and five-year-olds are, you know, oh, they don't know how to behave. Well, they don't know. You can They're three. very <laughs> instantly see yourself as, oh, I'm a bad kid. I'm mm-hmm. a naughty kid. I, mm-hmm. I don't ever do things right and, and develop a self-image that's very destructive. So we have to be really picky about the team. Uh, we only hire staff that are willing to gain education. Everybody has to stay enrolled and take additional child development units, work until uh, they get their degree, and then continue um, professional development. And that's tracked. We're fortunate to participate in the Department of Education and Social Services programming. Uh, there's a workforce registry. And if they continue with their education, they get stipends, they get all sorts of you know, epic things. We do have uh, benefits, a 401k. So 
I mean, a lot of that is how we recruit staff because yeah. we're epic to work for. We really are a fun place. What about some of the moms? Do you hire moms of your students too? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. It is just uh, sometimes moms are the best place to go, but it's a mom who's willing to. It's hard. It's not easy to get an education when you've got kids. Yeah. I know. I, I finished my degree with kids and yeah. it was like, oh my gosh, it was so much work. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a it's a special person that yeah. works at Children's Paradise. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the work you do for nonprofits. So we mentioned the Smarty Patch Foundation. Tell me about that. What's Smarty Patch and what do they do? So the Smarty Patch Foundation was an idea that we came across because our kids needed things and they were just small patches. They didn't need big government intervention, which is incredibly expensive for the taxpayer. They needed a small patch. I had a single mom who needed one month of rent and she wasn't homeless Never was, and her daughters graduated valedictorians of Vista High School. Okay, wow. At three years old, she needed one month of rent, a small patch, and we made we paid it for her. Um, we have a, a child needs shoes, somebody needs soccer fees, um, and then we were finding that there are programs available for kids. You know, more and more. You know, in the '90s and 2000s, you know, with welfare reform, there were programs, but they had gaps. And so kids needed small patches from here to there in childcare. And so we started doing Smarty Patch scholarships so that we could patch this child for this small period of time. Um, it really started in earnest when um, under Governor Schwarzenegger, he cut all stage three childcare. So parent, a parent that had gotten into their own home through Solutions for Change literally lost it, lost all of her childcare, lost all of her supports, and ended up uh, that person passed away uh, months later. Uh, just, just she just couldn't take the stress of it. Uh, you know, left three children um, motherless, and we had given her a patch for school age care as children's paradise. But because we were giving her something, she couldn't take it. So we realized that if we create a nonprofit, they won't realize we're giving them something. They'll think that they got a scholarship through a nonprofit, and that scholarship is funded by somebody else and they're not impacting us. And so I, we felt like it gave them. So that was the initial thought mm-hmm. is we'll be able to kind of secretly help our families. Um, and then we realized there were other people around us who wanted to help our families too. And so we were able to connect with different organizations um, and help other organizations, you know, through this. And we just quietly function, you know, within society, meeting the little patches and needs that kids have. We had a family, father got leukemia, Two working parents, what do you do? Free childcare, and the family didn't lose their home. Yeah. So it's just things like that, you know, that we we saw were necessary. And we didn't want parents feeling indebted to us. We mm-hmm. wanted them to feel, this is my early care and education center. If they don't do the job, I'll let them know it. You know, I've got a scholarship, but that doesn't preclude me from, right, from functioning normally or, yeah, exactly. in, this society, in this environment. I'm not getting something for free from them. So right. that was the the whole idea. And it just kind of snowballed from there. So I know you're a super busy lady. Tell me, are you, are you on any other boards, any clubs? Like what else do you, what else do you do? Cause I know you really probably don't sleep much. So what else are you doing to keep <laughs> yourself busy? Much just because my body is ADHD. And so it's hard to sleep, but um, I love kids and anything that helps kids. I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. And recently I joined, I joined the Vista Education Foundation board. Awesome. We're super excited about the night at the moonlight. We're going to children's paradise it. Okay. I went to the event last year and kind of saw what it was this year. We, I mean, I just joined the board, so we got a little bit of a, of a, you know, late start, but we're getting sponsorships and 
We're going to just make that event super fun Great. and then hopefully get to work with the chamber on some of the events that um, it does with the Vista Education Foundation. Heroes. Yeah, yeah. just, you know, we're just going to have some fun. That's we good. feel like that our community service and the way we connect all of our families is by staying connected within the community. And so this, this is going to be a fun thing. And I love what it does for kids. That's great. That's great. Okay, so. In addition to that, you're also working on renovating a really important, iconic building in downtown Vista. So give us a status update. What's up with the bank building? So I have gone through that building like a little mouse, one thing at a time, and I have remodeled everything from the inside out. So I took care of all the termites and the roof has been replaced and the deck is back on. So the next step, uh, I just leased out the former salon space. So you're going to see this epic barbershop happen there. And then the restaurant space. So I have had a dream to open up my own restaurant. I have Cajun family roots and then um, roots from England. And so the two sides of my family are polar opposites, but the food is epic. And I love to cook. Uh, My brother loves to cook. My cousin, she's been a chef with Wolfgang Puck. Um, So we've always wanted to do our own family restaurant and bring this vibe, you know, of, of our food. Um, so we've been working for a while to kind of develop the idea. It'll be a speakeasy, kind of like a jazz, blues, R&B, hip hop club um, that'll have uh, live music. It will have uh, buskers, just just a really unexpected twist in downtown Vista. So we're really excited about it. Um where are we? We just hired the tenant improvement architect because all the rest of the architecture is done. And we'll be working with the design team, the kitchen designer, uh, design June Jolie and Campfire. Okay. And so did the architect. So we're really excited about that. They've got some really beautiful restaurants under their belt. And so we just did that and are working. Uh, I've just got to choose the interior designer. And so we're just going to putz along with it. And when it happens, it happens. Um, my dream is to do a zero waste food initiative. It's an opportunity zone uh, property. Yes. And so my dream is to do a centralized kitchen for Children's Paradise that the restaurant functions during the day. And then restaurants have a ton of food waste. It's all good food. But if they send it home with staff, then they worry that staff are going to order extra so that they can take food home. So restaurants never send food home with staff. So what we're going to do is we're going to have the excess at the restaurant. Uh, a new chef team will come in at night. They'll repurpose it into meals for children at the preschools. And uh, then the meals for children at the preschools, any excess there goes home with parents and staff. So it's a zero waste food initiative. Love so you don't you have 100% fresh food all the time happening in the restaurant and 100% fresh for the kids. So super excited about that. That's a great idea. I love the idea of the food and the experience, but the zero waste I think is really impactful because so much food is wasted. Um, One of the, my previous guests went from Misadventure Vodka, you know, they're taking baked goods and turning it into vodka. Uh um, And it's just, he gave me some boggling, mind boggling statistics about food waste and, um, It's crazy. So that's great to hear that that's a, you know, a thought and a concept going into the development of the restaurant. Well, I know everybody in Vista is always asking me, I get, there's probably four different properties that I get weekly, someone texting me or emailing me, what's going on with this building? What's going on with that spot or what's going on over here? It's always, what's up with the bank building downtown? When's it going to be that restaurant that we heard about? So I'm excited. I think people are excited for it. So keep trucking. Hi, it's Carrie from Solitube Home in Vista, California. If you're looking for ways to brighten and cool your home, 
We are your natural light and fresh air experts. We offer a selection of daylighting and ventilation products to help make your home beautiful and comfortable. And the best part of all is you won't be using any electricity to brighten up. We can bring beautiful, natural light into those dark spaces in your home, transforming them into beautifully lit spaces in less than two hours. No mess, no fuss, just amazing natural light to make your home look and feel great. If you're looking to cool off your home, we have a complete line of ventilation products to keep your home and garage cool. We want to make cooling and refreshing your home easier and more energy efficient than ever with our line of whole house fans, solar attic fans, and garage fans. Our certified installers carry the full line of Solitube daylighting and ventilation products on their vans at all times. Installation can usually be done in about two hours. No messy drywall, paint repair, structural changes, or re-roofing needed. It's pretty much the easiest home improvement project you'll ever take on. At Solitube Home, we offer no-obligation appointments throughout Southern California. Visit our website at solitubehome.com or stop by our showroom conveniently located in Vista at 2210 Oak Ridge Drive or give us a call 619-375-1629. We look forward to brightening your day. Elias, I got an idea. We're going to do a podcast. It's called Industry Insights. That's what everybody's doing this day, like a podcast, a podcast. Uh, but yeah. who are we going to target? What? Well, this one is different because this one's going to target content creators. Content creators? So that means film, television, animators, uh, AI artists, everything, huh? Yeah, all of them. We can inspire all of them. We'll bring some high caliber people in here. Not only will they learn how to get into the industry, but how to be successful. But the thing is, it's sponsorship. We have to go after things, and, and how are we going to do that? Yeah, the Film Hub. We're going to sponsor it. We'll do it right here at the Film Hub in sponsor? downtown Vista. It's yeah, we'll sponsor it too. Great. Yeah, we got the podcast studio right here. We got stages, whatever you want to use. We got it here, and right here in film-friendly Vista. Where else would you do it? And you know where they can listen to it? Where? Mm-hmm. Go YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Apple Podcast. What about Metaverse? Meta what? (laughs) Well, what I'm doing in the meantime, uh, the governor's uh, water, uh, not allowing us to water our grass. So all my grass is dead and it's terrible. So starting in the next week or two here, we're putting in a flagstone seating area back there. We're going to be adding three or four concrete tables, some benches, flagstone pathways, so that the people eating ice cream in front of the building can go around the back and have a place to sit in the shade. It's so beautiful back there. Yeah. And we'll be adding more of those beautiful red roses and some water-wise plants and all that. That'll stay there until we break ground on the building. And that will be eventually a patio with a water feature that turns into a movie screen so we can do movies behind the building so we've got lots of plans but it's my vanity project so while (laughs) while i'm doing all the children's paradise stuff all the money is flipping into that so once i get kind of past i think once i get past carl's bed and get that one out of the ground a little bit then we'll kind of repurpose some money into the um bank building and get the exterior done and the restaurant built but just take, you know, it all takes time. For a while, we were going to do rooftop bar. I wanted that so bad. Mm-hmm. But $4 million, I would never get it back. That's how much extra it added to our That's budget. That's a lot. $4 million, yeah, was a lot. That's a lot. Could be up to five. And we just went, Meh. So, yeah, it's a it's a lot. Working with a 1928 building, structural, we know everything there is about it. And, you know, a, a retrofit and, a, and an upgrade would be epically expensive. Yeah. So, yeah, we just have kind of, you know, backed off of that idea 
as much. Wouldn't it be cool to have a bar called Blonde Upstairs? That was the working name. And I'm like, oh, it would be so cute. You know, I know, but I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Well, you never say never. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. It's a, I, it's I don't know if I've ever, you know, especially Julie Lewin. I've never heard you say I never. Know, so I know. Yeah. I know. The architect says, do the restaurant first and then come back at the rooftop bar idea because there's possibly something we could do without doing the seismic retrofit, you know, after the restaurant's built and all yeah. that. So we've got some ideas and thoughts, but we'll see. I wish I could go as fast as everybody wants me to, but mm, yeah, it's a lot going on. Good things come to those yeah. who wait. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, last question I want to ask is, um, how do you stay motivated? Cause you're a super motivated person. You know, like you said, you don't, you just, you hit a roadblock and you go around it. You find some way, a way to do it. How do you motivate yourself? What, where does that come from? I have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, straight up. Um, my Cajun roots make it look like I'm passionate and crazy about everything. Honestly, if I'm not active and busy, I am crazy bored. I, I just don't know how, if I'm sitting and relaxing, I've got to be doing something else or my body just doesn't function properly. So, um, I think keeping busy is just kind of a structure Mm -hmm. that I have to live within. And not just that, I like interesting things. I, I like to be challenged, uh, you know, anything new. I love adventure, you know, and so I just kind of seek adventure. What's fun. And I wouldn't do what I do if it wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. I, straight up. I, I went through a lot last year and realized in life, you have to do what really makes you happy and what's fun first. And I would say children's paradise is an adventure every single day. There's something new. There's something challenging. There's something Epically, oh my gosh, you got to be joking, you know, to the point that we're actually going to make a reality show because it's crazy. You guys would not believe the stuff we, the stuff we deal with is so funny and so fun. And so, oh my gosh, you know, so uh, I'm really excited about that. But pretty much, you know, it's just kind of how I'm built. I don't know that I stay motivated. It's just kind of how I'm built. It's what you do. Yeah. My body just kind of starts spinning and I have to kind of figure out how to calm it and, you know, I grab onto something to hold it still, you know, and, and well, takes, so I would say that's kind of how it, it goes. It takes, um, you know, focus and self-awareness again to be able to harness that because, you know, I know so many people with ADHD who are all over the place or maybe aren't as, don't harness it in the way that you have. So that's really a special skill. So kudos to you for Thank learning you. that and back to that self-awareness that you have. Well, Julie, it's been great talking to you, but I have a couple rapid fire questions to wrap okay. up the interview. I ask these of every one of my guests. So... <laughs> The first one is, tell me a book you think everyone should read. The book I love most recently, I would say, is the book on blue oceans. Okay. Um, And I'm trying to think of the exact name of it. But it it really helped me to understand business is a world of of red oceans. There's blood in the water. Everybody's eating everybody. And by removing yourself from that world... And entering the blue ocean of ideas and collaboration and teamwork and uh, sharing and generosity and and empowering other people to be as successful. Um, I love that. And I love the concepts held within that book. So I would say right now, you know, business book, that is my favorite. 
Are You My Mother is always the favorite one for a kid's book. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I remember reading Are You My Mother as a child. Uh My mom, actually, one time I couldn't find it, and I learned later that she'd hid it because she'd read it to me so many times that she just was like, I can't take it. I need a three-day break from reading this book. But So we'll put in the show notes the actual name of the title and a link to it of the Blue Ocean book, and then also Are You My Mother. I love that one. That's a great one. Okay, tell me. I know I I follow you on social, so I know you're a big music fan. You're always Mm -hmm. out listening to music. So tell me a song that you always have to turn up. It's your jam. No matter what, you got you to gotta tap your toe. You got to dance. Okay. So my girlfriends and I, we go out dancing all the time. And we'll stay at an Airbnb or we'll be at my house or one of their houses. We always put on Baddest in the Room. Okay. Always. It's the best song to dance to. It gets us going uh, we we're dancing around the house. We're crazy. We have so much fun. That's great. I would say, yeah, that's, that's my fun. theme song for going out. That's fun. That's fun. Okay. Tell me something that inspires you. Um, what inspires me is watching this team of people at Children's Paradise literally sacrifice their lives every day for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they've adopted them. They take them in as foster children. They take them in over the weekend so that they don't live in the park with their families. They do so much. You can't even imagine the things they do. They notice when a little foster boy got his braces off and they put gum in his pocket and whispered something sweet in his ear. They notice the individual child. And that just epically inspires me. Yeah. Just, I can't believe how amazing these people are. That's a good one. I got chills. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Okay. Last question. Tell me a Vista business you think deserves a shout out. I love Joey at North County Janitorial. Oh, he's the best. He cleans our center spotless. He is all over it. When he's got a team that didn't do quite everything, he literally will come in himself to make sure that it's spit spot. Um, I just love him. His attitude. He knows how to joke with me. He picks on me, teases me and just shakes his head at me, Yeah, you know, and you can just be who you are with Joey. He yeah. just is the best. Um, you know, I, I just love him. I love his new dog. I love his wife. I love everything about Joey. North County janitorial. Yeah. Joey is so great. In fact, he was our business person of the year in 2021. Did, did you know that? Know that? No. Yes. He won the award the year before you did. I did not know that. Yeah. He so deserves it. Yeah. He's epic. Yeah. I love and he's him. so humble. He wouldn't, he was, he was so humble about it. It yeah. was just, I mean, that's just who he is. So yeah. he's, he's so a great, epic. that's a good one. Yes. Thanks. I love Joey. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today, Julie. It was so nice to have you here. And thank you all for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tell a friend. Help us move Vista forward with philosophy. The Vista Chamber is a nonprofit organization that serves as a catalyst for business growth. Find us online at vistachamber.org.